Hello and welcome to FX Talk, an eBrew podcast all about the foreign exchange market, where we break down some of the main news headlines in financial markets and give our take on what these developments might mean for the world of FX. My name is Matthew Ryan, Head of Market Strategy here at eBrew, and I'm joined as always on the podcast by two of my colleagues, our Chief Risk Officer Enrique Diaz-Alvarez and Senior Market Analyst Roman Zuruk. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to another episode of FX Talk. And if you're following financial markets at the moment, there really is very little chance to catch your breath. November has been another highly volatile month in financial markets so far, particularly in the foreign exchange market. We've seen wild swings in most of the major and indeed emerging market currencies as investors digest a number of political developments, central bank announcements and major economic data releases. Undoubtedly, the main news story so far this month has been the sharp sell-off that we've seen in the US dollar. Month to date, the dollar is trading lower against every other major G10 currency and most emerging markets ones as well, with only one or two exceptions. We spoke on the last podcast episode about the Fed's hawkish pivot at its FOMC meeting when it mentioned that rates may need to go higher and stay higher in 2023 than have been previously expected. But since then, market sentiment has improved dramatically and investors have also dialed back expectations for US rate hikes quite significantly, which has weighed heavily on the US dollar. Uh, The October US non-farm payrolls report was a bit of a mixed bag and we got a strong job creation number, but the focus was on the increase in the unemployment rate. We've also had the October US inflation report, which came in much softer than markets had expected, which is a rarity in the past sort of year or so. We're finally beginning to see signs of an easing in US price pressures. The headline rate uh, of US inflation fell to 7.7% last month, below uh, the 8% expected, also the lowest level since January. Core inflation, which had yet to show any signs of easing prior to last week's data, also fell from its peak down to 6.3%. What does that mean? Well, it means that the long-awaited dovish pivot from the FOMC is now increasingly likely, potentially the next meeting in December, and clearly investors have perceived that uh, as a US dollar negative. That's been reflected in the US dollar index. At the time it's recording anyway, the dollar is trading around about 5% lower just since the start of this month. Uh, So over to you guys. What are your thoughts on last week's uh, US inflation report? And what do you think it means for Federal Reserve policy and the dollar? I mean, it it was unambiguously good, uh, especially compared to the ones we've been having before. Uh, But I would say that uh, that one report is not enough really to to call uh, the the top in inflation in a definite manner. The the, the reaction on the upside seems to be a little bit... uh, on markets seem to be also a little bit excessive. I would agree with that, actually. So I think that the if we look at the actual repricing for the expectations regarding the Fed moves for terminal rate, for instance, they've moved down by around 20, 25 basis points. Uh, and the euro dollar moved up by around 4% and or right now at the moment of the recording, uh, even more um, in just a few days. So I think that uh, there is some divergence between um, the 
uh, expectations towards Fed move, uh, and also the situation in the uh, euro dollar exchange rate, and also uh, broadly speaking, the uh, situation in the uh, US dollar. Uh, when it comes to the inflation itself, I think that we have increasing evidence that it peaked in the US, uh, and I think that. Uh, it should uh, come down. Uh, even the base effect that I mentioned uh, should be present in the US inflation and should uh, continue to um, enable it to come down over the coming months, uh, especially the uh, core inflation. Um, nonetheless, what I would want to see is a sustained decline in the monthly change of uh, core inflation. Yes, I think, as you guys mentioned, I think this, this turnaround in the dollar has been quite remarkable, particularly, as you guys said, this is just one data point and pretty much every other inflation report we've had in the last few months or so seems to surprise to the upside um so so given that i think the extent of the move has been very dramatic um i mean it, it is a sign that how dramatic the the moves in the opposite direction have gotten and how exaggerated the reaction of of markets in general and risk assets in general to the prospects of of rates that by historical standards are really quite normal it's like I just keep saying this rates, you know, Federal Reserve rates of four to five to six percent are the historical norm. They're nothing exceptional. So maybe what we're seeing is not so much a reaction to the report itself, but rather a correction to the overreact initial overreaction. I think that's a very good point. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it may well be that that, that may well be the case. Um, I, I think that's certainly what this does do. It, it does at least increase the possibility that we will get that dovish pivot from the Fed. Um, and that's, I think, what markets are latching onto. And I, I think, I was, I was, if I was to be a betting man, I think, I think we probably would get some sort of dovish pivot at the next meeting. You know, the December meeting is going to be key, as you guys said. There is one more inflation report before then, so that's going to be very important. But you know, if we do see continued signs of a downtrend, I could, I could very much see the Fed um, at least hint that, it, that it's nearing the end of its, its hiking cycle, which. Clearly, it is a US dollar negative. Uh, moving on now, and then we're going to talk about one of the most noteworthy moves, which, which tends to be the case, of course, in the foreign exchange market, and that's been in euro dollar. Uh, the euro dollar pair has risen back above parity in the last few days. At the time of this recording, it's now back above the 104 mark and its highest level since July. Uh, of course, most of this has been driven by a broadly weaker US dollar. But we have seen a bit of an improvement in risk sentiment, uh, a general resilience as well, as we would say in, in European data, and importantly, a divergence between inflation rates between the US, which we've talked about, uh, and the Eurozone. Uh, now, first of all, you know, the doom and gloom predictions we've had surrounding European energy crisis now seem unlikely to come to pass. There's growing expectation that rationing of energy this winter will be avoided, EU winter gas storage is now above 95%, which is encouraging. The market also seems to be coming around to the view that the ECB may need to hike rates deeper into 2023 than the Federal Reserve. Uh, as I said, we are now witnessing a divergence in inflation rates between both the US, where price pressures appear to be easing, and the euro area, where inflation rates have broken to fresh highs. The October number came in above expectations once again, 10.7%. Uh, so my question to you guys is, is, do you think we've seen a bottom in euro dollar? The outlook for the common currency appears to be improving. Do you think euro dollar, the only way is up? I, I think it is. 
I, I, I definitely think so, at least in the short medium term. I think that uh, there's this massive gap in where markets expect the terminal rate to be between the eurozone and the U.S., and that is absolutely not justified for the fundamentals. There's, there's no reason to, to think um, European inflation will be any less sticky uh, at, at higher levels than the U.S. inflation, especially given the fact that we do have this, this significant depreciation of the euro that's going to add to price pressures. Um, and I think that this, this idea that, uh, whereas the U.S. terminal rate is going to be somewhere around 5%, the European terminal rate, the ECB terminal rate is going to be barely above 2% is completely unsustainable. I think that gap is going to be closed. It's going to be closed, uh, probably in the first couple of quarters of 2023. And, and I think that the reaction of uh, common currency, the, 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 the path of least resistance is clearly up. Um, in addition to that, you have the, the factors that have caused the initial rebound, which is the um, primarily the uh, that the worst t- uh, downside from the uh, energy shortages in Europe looks likely to be avoided, at least for this winter. So I think that everything is in place for a continued rally in the euro dollar. I'm not sure I would agree that everything is in place uh, just right now, considering how uh, significant the move in the euro dollar um, has been. So we've moved by approximately 5% recently, and that's that's quite a lot. And it's been only over the past few days. So I think that uh, we could see some correction in that move. However, I would agree that we are likely going to see the euro dollar higher in the medium and the longer term. I think that we have already seen the bottom in the euro dollar when the energy worries were at their peak and also when we, when the ECB was super dovish. And both of these factors have shifted to some extent. The ECB is not as dovish. They delivered a quite uh, significant hike recently. They are likely going to continue hiking into 2023. I think the inflation in the Eurozone uh, at least did not show signs of peaking right now. So I think that there is every reason to expect that they are going to hike longer than the Federal Reserve, which should be favorable for the uh, euro dollar going forward. And also, I think that the doom and gloom economic prospects uh, that uh, many, in fact, uh, were expecting to materialize in the eurozone and did not materialize uh, based on the current data and look unlikely to materialize at least not in full uh, in the next few quarters. So I think that uh, we already have seen the bottom in the par uh, and we, we should uh, see an increase. Uh, however, maybe not in the immediate term, maybe not in the near term, but perhaps in the medium and the longer term. I agree with you guys. I, mean, I think if we look at the uh, the recent low in euro dollar, it was something like nor- near the 0.95 levels, and it's very low level. I don't think we'll be breaching that level uh, again anytime soon. Uh, and you know, back above parity in euro dollar, I think there are good arguments, as you guys have said, to suggest that that will remain the case. Um, you know, the divergence that we're seeing between US and euro area inflation, I think, is key. Um, you know, we're still a long way from seeing clear signs of a downtrend in European prices. And until we get that, you know, you'd expect the ECB to keep raising rates. So that should support the common currency, as you guys have mentioned. Um, so, you know, a genuine possibility, we may not see euro-dollar parity again for some time. Um, though, of course, you know, you never know. And by the time this episode is released, we could well be back at parity, such as uh, the level of volatility we're seeing in markets at the moment. <laughs> I wanted to end by by talking about the, the general improvement that we're witnessing in risk sentiment at the moment that has helped trigger 
this rally in risk currencies against the dollar. Now, the the easing in US inflation has certainly helped in that regard, as has uh, expectations that the Fed could deliver this dovish pivot. But we've also seen um, a turn, dovish turns from a number of other major central banks, the Reserve Bank of Australia, Bank of Canada, Norges Bank in Norway, have all delivered dovish, dovish messages in recent meetings while delivering smaller than expected interest rate hikes. We've also had some relatively encouraging news out of China. Um, we've, we've seen a, a general easing in some of the country's tough COVID measures, rules on quarantine periods, for instance, have been eased in the past uh, couple of weeks or so. While we're also getting headlines, authorities are, are at least more open to the use of some of the Western COVID vaccines, which have proved slightly more effective. Uh, all of that is, is helping risk assets. Emerging market currencies have performed rather well. Um, and as I said earlier, with only one or two exceptions, almost all emerging market currencies are trading higher now against the US dollar in the past couple of weeks. Uh, my big question to you guys, though, is can this rebound in risk sentiment and improvement in risk appetite continue? What do you guys think? I think so. I, like I said, my, my position is that the reaction, uh, the downward reaction in stock markets and other risk assets to, to the prospects for higher interest rates was exaggerated. I mean, there's nothing that says that stocks cannot continue to perform well or at least go sideways in an environment of high inflation and high rates. We have plenty of examples from the 60s and 70s, uh, periods where uh, uh, stocks perform well, especially given the fact that wages continue to to lag inflation, which uh, should be a positive for, for stocks because it means that the main impact of inflation is being felt through uh, through uh, increased profit margins. So, yeah, my, my short answer is absolutely. And, uh, the yeah, risk assets can continue to perform well even in the absence of, of continued positive surprises of inflation. I'm quite positive. I would also add another factor to uh, what we are seeing right now, because we already mentioned the uh, shift in the central banks. We also have mentioned the shift in uh, China's approach uh, towards the coronavirus, although in my view, this shift right now has been relatively limited and we shouldn't draw too many conclusions from that. However, we also are seeing that uh, Ukraine is uh, quite successful in regaining territory. Recently, just in the past few days, we saw Ukraine retaking the city of Kherson and territory around it. Previously, we had a, a successful um, counteroffensive uh, in the northeast um, near Kharkiv. Um, so, uh, and also uh, in, in this context, I think that what has changed is that uh, Russia stopped Mm, or at least uh, limited its nuclear threats. And I think that this could be another factor that is uh, contributing to a improvement in sentiment. And I think that at least this factor mm, should be sustained in the coming quarters. Mm, so I think that there are many reasons mm, to expect that the situation in the mm, risk assets uh, will in fact uh, continue to improve. However, with regards to the currency market, I think that still the moves that we have witnessed over the past few days were just too excessive, were just excessive. And I think that uh, in the medium term and the longer term, uh, the expectations would be for the improvement to continue. In the near term, I would say that um, probably it is a risky bet. Yeah, I, mean, I would very much agree with all those points. But I think the, I would say, I, mean, I think the shift in policy stance that we're beginning to see from some of the major central banks 
as I mentioned, you know, the likes of the Reserve Bank of Australia, Bank of Canada, I think that's going to be key, particularly what the Fed does next. You know, the December FOMC meeting in particular is going to be crucial for currencies. Should we get that dovish pivot, that long-awaited dovish pivot that we've talked about, then that could be a green light to a, to a pretty decent rebound in risk currencies, I would say, especially emerging market ones. Yeah, I, mean, I, will, I will say, I would like to add to that, that I mean, we don't talk much about the stock market, but uh, I think there's a correlation also between, obviously, between that and, and emerging market currencies. I think a situation in which the uh, central banks pivot too soon uh, and inflation is not run out of the system, it's actually, at least in the short term, term, quite positive for risk assets. It means that uh, we're going to continue to get this, this, these rates that are real rates that are negative in a context which, uh, in which wages are lagging uh, prices. And therefore, like I said before, uh, profit margins are expanding. And to me, that's, that's quite bullish um, for risk assets, at least, again, in the short and medium term. And that's it from us. If you're keen to hear more about our thoughts on the FX market, visit Ebreed's website or follow us on social media. And don't forget to rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast app. And let us know if there are any topics you'd like to hear more on during upcoming episodes. Keep an eye out for our next episode in a fortnight's time. Thank you all very much for listening.